You are listening to the Anything Can Happen Fantasy Basketball Podcast. And with a league like the NBA, that name is pretty fitting. But I'll keep you waiting no longer. Here is your host, Keith Jenkins. Welcome in, everybody. You're listening to the Anything Can Happen Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Keith Jenkins. Um, the Anything Can Happen uh, Yahoo Fantasy Basketball League, again, everyone, is live. I would like everybody to uh, step on over to Yahoo. The link is in the description to this episode. Check out our live standings. Keep up with us while we do uh, some fantasy insight, as well as check back in on how everybody is doing. Um, I want to do talk about a couple of things this episode. Uh, I wanted to actually get it out before uh, it actually happens. I haven't talked about Steph Curry in a long time on the pod or like in general, really beyond how great of a season he's been having while having one of the worst uh, shooting seasons uh, he's experienced in a while. Um, It's really weird. He's still averaging 27 points per game, which is a second right now, I believe, behind Kevin Durant, who's around 28. But Steph is shooting 44% from the field. Um, I just really feel like he's going to go on a heater. And if 27 points per game on... Uh, like I said, 44% shooting is what he's giving you. A 50% week, or if a string, if he strings together two, um, it could get really scary for anybody that has to face him during that um, week. And it's right around the time where the Warriors are kind of hoping Clay comes back. <clears throat> he's definitely you can say definitely adjusted to the ball because it's never really been a problem for him to shoot the ball. He just no, just sh- shoots it out of the way all all day, every day, whenever he catches it. Um, and a lot of them go in. Uh, that's why he's very, very close to passing uh, Ray Allen on the all-time list. And I really get the hunch that once he does, uh, it kind of like solidifies himself up there personally for him as one of the best shooters that it probably will give him confidence. And then the rim could just look like the ocean if it already doesn't feel like that for him. Because like I said, last year he shot a 48%. Um, His free throws are down as well, but we know those trends are league wide, but at the same time, it's different with Steph. A lot of guys are uh, not getting calls that they're used to, and their looks are different. Their attempts are worse. Um, for Steph, it's a lot of just the shots not dropping. Um, he's getting to the line. Um, in bunches, like the uh, 
three games ago, it was eight for nine, two, two games in a row. And then last game versus Portland on the eighth, didn't have a free throw attempt. So it's kind of like lopsided there. It's a lot or not. It's probably on a given night how he's feeling. Um, he's just probably not getting to the rim as much or taking his twos. You know, if you're hovering around the record, you're not going to really say anything about it, but you're probably going to take uh, initiative to try to break it. And he's on the way. So I feel like once he gets that off his chest, um, the percentages can probably uh, turn themselves around because averaging uh, 27 and a half points per game, five and a half rebounds and uh, six point three assists puts you at the number one player in totals. Um, anything pushing towards the norm, uh, wayward of 48% like last year, even if he gets to 46, does that put him back at 30 points a game? It's just, that just, that's just one extra three. And on an average basis, that's hard to just pinpoint, but it's really weird to see. And it's nothing you can do about it if you don't have stuff in terms of like buying low. That's not a real thing with first round players who are already playing well. Cause like I said, the entire league is following this trend, but for being one of the best shooters all time, uh, Steph is really one of the streakiest shooters all time as well. And to be, as streaky as he is, but still be a great shooter. That means his his lows shooting wise aren't as bottom out as many other people are. They're they're full of volume and they'll still get you something. Um but with that being said, his highs and if he's hitting his potential on like shooting, that's just a 70 percent night, just randomly, you know, he had a forty point game uh, last month and shot fifty five percent, fifteen of twenty seven, nine three pointers. So it's really asking a lot for a guy to shoot um, anywhere above forty four percent from three and a lot of his attempts are coming from three. So what that's going to mean is um, we're going to have to anticipate or expect his uh, three point percentage to rise a little bit as well as uh, his aggression towards the rim, getting to the basket. But uh, there's just a lot of potential for the, uh, the other side of the coin to flip on Steph getting hot and putting together um, weeks, you know, games on games, shooting uh, just right around 50% or above while still hitting threes because, um, you know, you're getting like six threes a game. is this is insane. It's a huge bump to your team over top. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to touch on uh, that subject really quick because uh, I never really – spoke about it too much, but I always always been have been looking at how drastic across the league field goal percentages have been down. But you gotta look at who can kind of turn around turn it around the quickest from what we've seen in the past 
from when league-wide slumps happen. And Steph is definitely one of those guys. So you're definitely happy about uh, where you drafted him. It's getting uh, really weird in the league, really frustrating with the uh, health and safety protocols with guys. Um, They're kind of popping up randomly, probably more than expected. Um, More than expected before all um, news about other things, variants and all that, but uh, sticking to the basketball end of things. When a guy kind of pops up on the injury report with that, or when someone, not just a player you have, because you have to pay attention to that. Because um, you have to look at the team as a whole. And you're like, all right. You don't really know where the guy's going, who's with who all the time. But you just have to be out and aware of uh, your players. It's it's really it's terrible to have to kind of like deal with. But if a guy on a team <clears throat> enters the protocols, you have to know. Um Someone on his team might do the same. It's a possibility. It's a percentage chance. It's a couple of players. One player maybe um, could turn into two. See what happened with the Bulls, the Hornets. Um, A lot of uh, teams are just uh, dismantled with that and regular injuries on top of it. So uh, that's really been shaking the league up. But segue that that into – beautifully to talk about the anything can happen league like i said we've mitigated this problem um slightly because there's no real fix for it yet we'd rather not players get sick or injured can we turn injuries off in fantasy um yeah we have two ir spots a lot of leagues might have multiple ir spots but that's just to throw on Jonathan Isaac onto your IR. Like, that's irrelevant. If we're ever going to see him, if when, but these um, IR spots aren't um, IR plus that Yahoo provides, but we allow one spot to be IR eligible for safety, uh, health and safety protocols, and um, one is open to uh, any injury. What that allows you to do is um, pay attention to detail with your team <clears throat> and ads and drops because these health and safety protocol um, issues can pop up out of no- anywhere. So, yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, really. So, um, being able to just take a guy and um, throw him on your IR, knowing he's going to um, – be out just 10 days, um, hopefully. And it's really important to be able to have because a lot of guys are hurt and it stinks. Um, for And they're out long-term with uh, out COVID or, with, you know, no safety protocol, just regular injuries. So delegating two spots specifically for um, those two things makes it really uh, interesting. Because uh, our league's going to change the game. We're changing uh, how fantasy should be played. Um, I'm going to give you the quick pitch on why you should, if anything, play 8-cat. Turnovers, 
the one thing that can honestly piss you off in fantasy and it gets counted towards you besides percentages because um with percentages they can balance themselves out on a given night or a guy can kind of fix them you know a guy can go over five and then go hit his next five boom you're not that mad at him anymore but why would we want to watch basketball and kind of we're not masochists so why would we want to do things to ourselves visually and that like hurt our team makes us angry and we uh get punished for it statistically so you know fending for guys um who don't get turnovers or watching your turnovers allocate or, you know, for the longest time, it, it used to be something you just punt and say, all right, I don't care about turnovers. All right. The entire um, league feels that way, but somebody has to be the best at it because it just happened to be your team that didn't turn the ball over a given week, especially in head to head, get rid of that crap and Roto. It's okay. And Roto, you should get punished. Um, if you're in a games cap and you're nightly on a nightly basis throwing somebody out there who's playing bad basketball on a basketball basis and a fantasy basis, that's how it should be. But in head to head, especially in daily, you're like not like not especially when you're, you know, daily changes. Um, You don't want to watch people just give the ball up to the other team. You rather that guy steal it. And the reason I brought up free throw and field goal percentage can write themselves. There's no stat that counters turnovers in the way it affects you visually. You see a turnover, it's going to make you mad. Um, There's been a lot of sloppy play in the league where turnovers have been back and forth. So if your guy turns the ball over and then steals the ball right back, you're kind of happy for the steal. But at the same time, you're kind of, either ignoring the turnover because you're happy about the steal or you're pissed about the turnover because he shouldn't have turned it over in the first place. So if it's it seems that's if that suffices, get rid of the category. It's simple as that. No one wants to see it in the game. So no one wants to get punished for it. So that's why we've eliminated turnovers. Um, anything can happen. We are, and 11 category league because we have added categories to make um, the entire game even more fun. Stats are fun. Um, watching things accumulate are great. But the more stats or categories you add in, the more strategy gets folded into the recipe. And it's a beautiful game um, to pay attention to detail with each and every player on a given base, on a daily basis. Um, with a different case with every player, who's providing what to your team, who's hurting you where, um, where can you upgrade? Because we've added field goals made, which in its own sense is a dominant category because it's a beautiful addition to points because I know people 
Um, and I've heard Josh Lloyd say a long a while back that why he doesn't like the field goals made might not be the worst one ever, but for him, but a lot of people might not like it. Um, it's perfect because uh, with points, they uh, allocate many ways. You can hit a three-pointer, a free throw, or, you know, two-pointer, any kind of case like that, basically either from the line or from the field. Two ways to get points. In the nine-category league, you're just watching your uh, players hopefully gain points, just total. Breaking it down a little bit kind of diversifies the player pool. Um, Because if you're a guy that just makes field goals, you can be someone that's just, you know, either chucking away, hurting field goal percentage, but, hey, it makes people with bad field goal percentage but with volume a lot more valuable in our league with 11 categories because you can punt field goal percentage. So if a guy's taking 26 shots a game, that's like, you know, per 36, let's say, because that's how that's outlandish. And if he's only hitting 10 or 11, it's not the greatest uh, field goal percentage, not the worst, but at the same time, he's uh, still hitting double digits field goals a game in, like, in that scenario. So um, having field goals made as a separate category and watching them kind of accumulate on top of points is really fun, um, you know, and uh, adds to the nuances of the game, especially. Uh, with that being said, as why the same reason why we added free throws made, because uh, it's obvious that it's a an art. It's an art to get to the line, and we've seen that in years past, and now especially with the rule change. Free throws attempted are going down, down, down across the league. The refs are letting things go through. They're letting people play. It's wonderful to see because it's getting the um, crappy parts of basketball out of the game. You know, the ticky-tack crappy, oh, if I flop, it's a foul, or I jump through this. You know, people are still trying to do it, but they're getting punished for it. Their field goal percentage is getting hurt for it. So guys that still can adjust and have a knack for getting to the line, we are praising that. Like I said, it adds to the player pool and it diversifies the game in ways that allow multiple managers to win different ways, to win regular season games in weeks, different ways, because um, the lone free throw category in 9-cat is just free throws or free throw percentage, and people love punting that, so for those uh, players on to, to argue for free throws made, if you're punting free throw percentage, you're either punting it because you have a guy that's tanking you because he's got volume behind his free throws or he's getting to the line, you know, he's getting whacked and or and or you just or don't care about the free throws because, um, you know, screw it. But that's only eight other categories. And we already said turnovers need to get out. So that's only seven other categories. The lower you get with cats, 
the less possibility you have to be victorious while punting a category. So adding categories is fine. It gives you more flexibility to punt and say, get the heck out of here, one category, and you're good to go to build your uh, team the way you want it. But having free throws made additionally um, separates um, players for what they do. If you shoot 70% on high volume, you're kind of hurting your team, the team you're on as that player like that. But if you're hitting seven free throws a game, you know, you're getting to the line 10 times. Like no one really, really doing that on average. But like I said, outlandish hypothetical again to make or to make the point. It's really good to have that player hitting those free throws. If you're going to punt free throws uh, percentage, why not, you know, get praise for him hitting seven uh, free throws each week or in each game, you know, for you, because that's great on top of just watching points accumulate if it was uh, a category league. And finally, we've added offensive rebounds. A huge component to the game, because especially this year, with the field goal percentages going down, the ball uh, is different. Players are missing a lot more shots. Players are sloppy. Why not um, reward a player for hustle? Getting an offensive rebound, and it's just a fun play to watch. A guy get an offensive rebound, go, get, uh, go back up with it get foul and one, you know, it's a perfect, and hit his free throw, obviously. It's perfect stat accumulation on a um, single play. So having offensive rebounds as well as total rebounds, that's where um, we prefer it. We don't want to split them because we don't want to split um, two ends of the on two ends of the floor, you know, defensive rebounds and offensive rebounds together. Um, honestly, it would just be disrespectful to total rebounds as a category itself. Why dismantle it? Just hold it where it is for the sake of the argument. And adding offensive rebounds additionally, all that does is support big man stats even more. So now you can um, uh, configure your team the right way with big men and still have um, a high uh, quality chance of winning six to five each week, or even more if you can um, take the categories you aren't too strong in being big man heavy. And it's been really weird um, across the league that big men are still getting to the line per usual, or at least the drop off isn't as drastic for guards or for big men as it is for guards. Um, whether percentages kind of fluctuated or whether or not for big men or guards from last year to this year, that's definitely uh, really weird because they're not getting calls, guards. So that touches on a little bit of what we talked about with Steph earlier, but uh, and, and field goal percentage possibly going up. But, yeah, those are the 11 categories with the um, other other ones that are set fast. We added field goals made, free throws made, offensive rebounds. Really, uh, you should definitely check it out. 
commissioners, anybody out there, anybody that gives this a listen. Um, our Yahoo link is live, public, in the description. Give that a click because uh, all leagues that are head-to-head, daily changes, even weekly changes, all leagues should definitely start to eliminate turnovers for one, please, if anything. It's like the kicker of fantasy football. It's like no one wants to see it because when you get hurt by it, you're pissed. You expect it to not happen to you until it does. So why even bother with it? So, and we already made the case for why uh, we should add the other three. Offensive rebounds, free throws, and field goals. We're just giving another category set to a segment of the game. Makes it way more fun. Um, extremely a better element overall. Watching those stats accumulate. Because players are so diverse and so different with what they do. So your team can look wildly insane on paper. With like, you know, in terms of how stats fit together. One guy scoring with a crappy field goal percentage. One guy who can't score but grabs offensive rebounds, can get you a steal and can average a block. And... Doesn't really score, but has a high field goal percentage on low value, which kind of middles you out a little bit if you formulate that right. So, like I said, teams are diverse. Um, Check out how they're configured in our league. Um, It'd be fun to see how other players and teams do it if somebody else had uh, similar categories to us, because I know we're not the first, but because otherwise field goals made and free throws made wouldn't be options to add. But I know – for leagues that are doing it uh, fantasy-wide, they're doing it the right way. All right, everybody. We've only covered a, a small portion of the beautiful game that is fantasy basketball. We will be back very soon. And again... This is the Anything Can Happen Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Jenkins. We will see you all next time.